Hello, everybody. What an intro. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was just jamming out to that sweet, sweet intro music. And I was like, I wonder how long it is, too, because I, I didn't know when all of a sudden the cameras were going to be on. But here we are. We are live for the first time ever here at TBRCon, everybody. Happy TBRCon to all. Yeah, welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Charles, the half of the Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast. And here with me today, as always, is my lifelong friend and co-host, Dylan. I'm ready to talk some fantasy with my friend Charles and with you, you wonderful live viewers. Yes, yes, live. It's it's, uh, very, very exciting. Um, we got a lot to talk about today. We're going to do, you know, start off the morning uh, with a nice conversation about some recent releases in the world of science fiction and fantasy. Uh, you know, it's a lovely Sunday morning, uh, even earlier for you, Dylan, way out there in the West. But uh, for me, it's 9 a.m. and um, a lot of a lot of fun book chatting we have in front of us today, don't we? Yeah, definitely. So we'll be talking about our favorite books that were published in 2022, you know, still January, I think we still came in just in time to be able to do one of these episodes. And yeah, hopefully it's TBRCon. Hopefully we can help add some uh, freshly published books to your TBRs. Well said, Dylan. We, we set a little bit of a criteria for ourselves for books published in 2022 so it's going to kind of be like a top um recommendations for last year and uh i've got a stack of books next to me dylan you've got a stack next to you as well right i do yeah i wasn't able to grab every single book that i have but i yeah i do have a stack over here excellent so uh yeah we'll, we'll just keep trading um reviews back and forth and if you, if you guys um want to type type anything into into the chat here i'm on youtube i don't know if there's another chat going on but i'm at least on the youtube one so uh yeah if anyone wants to contribute drop a message in there otherwise dylan if you want to get us get us started here with the book recommendation take it away for sure yeah and we will be taking recommendations for recommendations by the way so if you want to type something in the chat and you all know hey i want a fancy book with who knows, strong female lead or whatever, we got you covered. We're willing to interact with you all. But yes, we will also take anyway, recommendations as well. We're always looking for we'll also take recommendations. <laughs> yes, gladly. Yeah. Recommendations all around. We'll take them. Right. We will take them. But in the meantime, let's chat about Ooh, we're my the big guns. Right. I mean, I felt like I couldn't do a 2022 published books recommendation without chatting about what feels like the breakout hit of 2022. Uh, now number one New York Times bestseller. That's Babel by R.F. Kuang. You might know R.F. Kuang from the Poppy War trilogy, which we absolutely love as well. Uh, but Babel, it's a totally different story and there's a lot of really awesome things about it that i'll tell you about why you should give this one a read so 
Kwong describes this as her love letter and her breakup letter to Oxford, which is the university she attended to uh, get her master's. Um, uh, Rebecca Kwong, she's uh, like absolutely an expert on uh, all these topics and also on uh, language. And she takes an approach to this where she constructs a magic system based around the idea of what gets lost in translation around language, which is really cool for, I mean, uh, you folks are readers. I'm sure you're as into words as I am. So uh, it's really cool for folks who are really into that. And uh, it's set in this sort of alternate history, uh, like 1830s Oxford. Uh, and uh, she, it's uh, got that magic system. So I, it's still fantasy, but uh, she uses that opportunity to dive into these themes of like colonialism and imperialism and also what the dark side of academia is and how it's sort of enabled, especially these like uh, big uh, institutions over uh, in like England, how it enabled British imperialism. And uh, because of that really awesome recommendation for fans of dark academia, uh, I, I feel like for those who've read uh, the Poppy War trilogy, which is kind of this like epic military fantasy trilogy, uh, uh, this, this, the stakes feel like they're a lot lower. You know, you're not dealing with something like uh, genocide on the, uh, like for most of the book, it's like a lot of almost slice of lifestyle uh, where you're introduced to this character, Robin, who is taken uh, from Canton over to uh, England because he demonstrates a talent for these uh, uh, this magic system. Uh, and his cohort, who are many people usually who are grabbed from uh, these uh, different countries because they have these language abilities that you don't actually have uh, for people born in England. And it's a lot of just like spending time with this small cohort. So you get to know the characters really intimately and it doesn't feel like if you've read the Poppy War, it doesn't feel like you're just like really moving through with that fast pacing. Uh, you get to sit and really learn about these people and the characters I, I think are extremely strong in part because you get that kind of time with them. So, uh, and RF Kuang, absolutely incredible character writer. Obviously she does a great job, uh, in the poppy war as well with that, especially with Rin. Uh, but it, you know, it goes into these ideas of uh, the subtitle is actually the necessity uh, of violence. Um, it's it goes into these ideas of rebellion as well. And uh, so it's not entirely a, a pacifist novel or anything like that. For those of you who are into uh, those kind of uh, themes in your novels, um, so I absolutely love this book. It's obviously been an extremely popular book for this year. You've probably seen it all over the place. You're probably getting used to this cover by now. And the only thing that I would give a caveat is, and this is hard to say about something that is a number one New York Times bestseller, but it, it is pretty dense and at times inaccessible, I feel like, for some mm -hmm. people if they're not into that more like academic way of writing. I mean... I've seen criticism of it where it's, they say it's written like an essay. Um, there are like footnotes. It's obviously a pretty uh, heavy uh, 
book over here, uh, both in tone and in physical weight. So <laughs> it's it's an absolutely incredible effort. It's got great prose, like I said, great character writing, interesting setting, awesome, like pretty well-defined, I would say, hard magic system for big fans of that. Uh, these deep themes are explored with a deft hand. So all these awesome things about it that make it maybe my favorite book that was published in 2022, but at least uh, mm -hmm. worthy of mention in this recommendations episode. Always a safe bet to start with the number one New York Times bestseller. <laughs> yeah. And with RF Kuang as well, we're big fans of her Poppy War series. We read through and discussed that on the show. Um, a lot I loved about that. I loved her intense action scenes, her ability to pull from uh, her studies of like Chinese history and Asian history as an influence for her work and her character work in the Poppy War for sure. So I haven't read Babel. Dylan kind of went rogue and, and read that one. But um, mm -hmm. I, I don't think you can go wrong with Arv Kuang. And she's still continuing to write at a rapid pace as well. She's got another book coming out relatively soon. I know she was teasing the cover of it not too long ago. And it sounds like it's going in yet another different kind of tone and direction compared to both the Poppy War and then Babel, which was more literary. So we'll see. Um, very, you know, she's one of the authors that we just are are watching very closely because she seems to be at the very cutting edge of, of modern fantasy. So what better way to kick off our 2022 discussion? And uh, I agree in the chat footnotes are awesome. That's uh, well, something I just read. So uh, absolutely true. Uh, I just finished reading mm. um, Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norell, and that goes wild mm. with the footnotes. You'll see pages is, that are more Charles. footnote than copy, <laughs> which is like, uh, what's the footnote? This one has been <laughs> described, Charles. This one has been described as sort of a... Um, uh, God, I don't know if she said counterpoint, but a response in some ways to Jonathan Strange, which is interesting, interesting. like Babel. Yeah. So I'd be really interested to hear your take. Uh, either I got to go back and read Jonathan Strange because I haven't <laughs> read that one, or you got to go forward and read Babel because uh, you got to see how those two compare. And or, or both, I guess. But yeah, Jonathan Strange, yeah. as big as Babel is, Jonathan Strange is way bigger. So, um, <laughs> or actually, they they're probably very close. I don't, I can't say for sure. It's hard to tell because my book is so warped. It's got thick pages and illustrations and stuff. So who knows what the real word count is? But um, yeah, that would be. And I can kind of get that they even look similar. You know, the very black covers and and um, a lot of emphasis on academia. But Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norell's Academia from the 1800s. And the book itself is not academic. It tells very much a, a fantasy story. It's just its characters are academics at their core. And it kind of takes some fun shots at academia while it's doing it, too. It, it, very good. And I have a lot to say about that. And we're going to cover it on the show very soon because I didn't read 800 pages for nothing. We're talking about it on the show. And it's just a really interesting <laughs> book. And I have a lot of thoughts on it. Uh, but it was not published in 2022. So I will withhold from talking about it any longer today. But yeah, Babel, Arf Kuang, it's at the top of my TBR pile. If there's a, such a thing as a FOMO pile, <laughs> if, if this was FOMO con, <laughs> that would is. be at the, that'd be number one for me <laughs> because it's just you know, so popular and everyone's talking about it. And I'm like, I don't need 
I don't know anything about it. I haven't read it. Feeling left out. But um, I guess I'll take a shot at recommending a series. So in June 2022, um, mm. we had the opportunity to read and discuss The Final Strife by Sara L. Arifi. This is her debut novel. Um, we, you know, we were able to get an advanced copy and we were able to talk to Sara oh, like a mere few days before the book was published. And that was a really interesting uh, time to talk to Sara because we had no idea where this book was going to go. And of course, it instantly launched into a Sunday Times bestseller. And we were not surprised at all. Um, so a little bit about The Final Strife. It's going to be a trilogy. We've already gotten the uh, cover reveal for the Battle Drum, which hopefully I, I can't remember if it's going to come out this year or not, but I think it is. So that's very exciting. And it's based, it's inspired by Sara's actual Ghanaian and Arabian heritage. And right away, you can tell that this book's setting is really unique and I found it engaging as well, just the way they they tell the narrative and and the way these characters, um, the way like society's laid out. I almost, you know, we compared it to Hunger Games a little bit, and that like there's the layers of the city, and like the further in you go, the um, the more upper class it gets, and um, you, they play these tournaments and games and things, but. I'll read the description super quickly about the story. It's Shyla dreams of days growing up in the resistance, being told she would spark a revolution that would free the empire from the red-blooded ruling class's tyranny. That spark was extinguished the day she watched her family murdered before her eyes. And what's interesting about Shyla is, you know, I, I kind of think of, you, know, you have two characters, you have Shyla and you have Anor. And uh, it's not spoilers to say, and I'm going to keep this very spoiler free. It's not spoilers to say they have a relationship similar to The Departed. Shout out if anyone's watched The Departed um, mm. that uh, uh, Matt Damon and Leonardo DiCaprio have in that movie where it's like, you know, a person snatched from birth from the upper class and raised in the lower class and, and vice versa. And what's an added layer of intrigue to that is your class is determined also by your magic system, which is also determined by the color of your blood. So you have red, which is the blood of the elite, and they can do magic. Uh, blue is the blood of what they call the workers, of the resistance. And then there's clear, which is the blood of slaves. Uh, and they actually, like their power, they have some sort of powers that they, you're, you're kept kind of in the dark about because they've been oppressed. They actually cut the hands and the tongues off of anyone with clear blood and forced them into servitude. So it's a very um, like intense, dark world. You have lots of people you know, in, in poverty and under subjugation and this story both of classism and of race and actually making it defined by the color of their blood sparks a very interesting uh, trilogy here. And the whole story kicks off with, you know, there's this idea of rebellion and Shyla is supposed to be this catalyst for rebellion and she's fighting her own, you know, there's themes of substance abuse, there's um, depression, things like that. And so she's 
like, do I even want to do this? Is it even possible? Meanwhile, they're thrown into this Hunger Games-like series of tournaments. It, it's surprisingly action-packed. And then Shyla as a character, we, we had a lot of conversations about when we were talking to Sara about just the research and the inspiration behind this character. And that's worth checking out. I'd say if you have any interest in this book, check out our interview with Sara. She's super fun. And her her the way she went from like inspiration for this book to getting published. I mean, her book was, she got a book deal within like, what was it doing? Like two weeks of talking to, like reaching out to publishers. Like her story is yeah very unusual and very interesting. She went from just writing trunk novels and working in marketing to being a Sunday Times bestseller in rapid pace, rapid pace. And so to hear her tell that story is very interesting. And, you know, we tell the story all the time because when we got the advanced copies, it was one of those PDF Speaking of rapid pace. Yeah, exactly. That's where I was going. I know where you're going. Uh, speaking yeah. of rapid pace, we you know you, we got these PDF copies that weren't really numbered, and um, you know I I was on vacation at the time, and I was just reading it, and it was literally like you know we were trying to plan stuff on the vacation, and I was like, well, maybe we could just like hang out here for a little while longer, and then go out. Like, what's the rush, guys? We're on vacation. I just really <laughs> wanted to read this book. Was what was happening, and I read through it. And I was talking to Dylan about it afterwards. Um, by the time it was published, I was able to look on Goodreads. I was like, Dylan, did you realize this was like 600 pages long? We both were guessing that it was around 400. And that just goes, um, that just speaks to Sara's ability to write action and, and keep the story moving. Very interesting relationships in this book as well. Um, so all in all, highly recommend The Final Strife by Sara El Arifi if, if you're if anything we said is of any interest, or even if you're still on the fence, check out our interview and then check out the book. You know, it's a Sunday Times bestseller. You cannot go wrong. Yeah, starting off with those heavy hitters. I love the departed reference there, Charles. I never <laughs> really thought about that. Of course, you were teeing me up for my Mark Wahlberg impression, right? That's that's why you brought it up, right? Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah, you just, don't know what I we know what do. You want. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you want. I know what you want. You, can I curse on here? <laughs> I don't know. I, I won't risk it. Probably since uh, you can curse on the pod, which is fun. <laughs> SFF. Yeah, but we'll refrain, and no one needs more of my Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, the bad boy oh. says yes. I, like, I know what you want. I know what you want, and you no fucking cop. because so, that's the best part. <laughs> I don't know. Like, you don't know what we it. do. If you knew what we do, we wouldn't do what we do. You know, like <laughs> right. <laughs> Fantastic movie. Uh, I highly recommend watching that too, but it did not come out in 2022. So hard to put it on no. True. But yeah, I I love that story that that we've probably told on the podcast like three or four times uh, about <laughs> how we totally didn't know the length of the book. And it just cruises by and it's it's a really delicate line to walk and Sarah walks it so well to write a book where it doesn't feel rushed but somehow it goes by like preposterously quickly and Mm -hmm. i think that always makes me think about the poppy war by rebecca kwong which we mentioned earlier books where you're like okay yeah i'm really getting this character's arc i'm really understanding who they are i think the portrayal of substance use in uh, this book, like I, I have a master's in count in psych, 
uh, psychology. Um, and I am uh, like very impressed. Uh, you can tell Sara really did her research and just the way that uh, the main character comes off here it's like, you know, sometimes you can tell if she hasn't uh, been able to use, she starts getting irritable and stuff like that. But it's done in this really subtle way where uh, she's just kind of like act out a little bit more and like a keen eyed reader will be like, oh, what's going on here? She seems a little on edge. Mm-hmm. But because Sara is such a, a great writer, it's kind of subtext and it's like read, reading between lines rather than this yeah. like beating you over the head with like, uh, Jyla had not had her fix in so long <laughs> that right. she was feeling right. irritable and she was taking it out on Honora's like, right. no, that is not how Sara does it. So really well done, I think, from a psych perspective, or at least my psych perspective. And it is uh, just a phenomenal book. I, I love these books that take us away from the typical medieval European setting. Um, we love those books too, but sometimes sure need a breath of fresh air or fresh of breath air, as Joel said. In our most <laughs> I did say that episode. on the podcast recently. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <It's> like what? <laughs> so, yeah. So if you're looking for either of those things, then uh, this is going to be a great book for you. Well said. So uh, what else you got for us, Dylan? What I've got for you is one, you know, I feel like sometimes I'm like, we talk about the same a couple books so many times. And then these two, how could you not start with the New York Times bestseller, the Sunday Times bestseller and books that we truly believe in by fantastic authors. So I'm okay with that. But I, I was like, I got to bring something to the table that we basically never talk about. And I decided we briefly mentioned this when we were reviewing 200 books and whatever we said it was like <laughs> about 200, Try 200 minutes and long. we blew right past that. So <laughs> no, we hours. did under 200, but we didn't do under two hours. Oh, but it was two like hours, right, right. two hours and 22 minutes or something. Right, right. But uh, anyway, we briefly mentioned this one. Uh, this is a five-star read for me. It's called Lost in Time by A.G. Riddle. And unfortunately, I left my copy of that book when I was uh, I was on vacation reading it down in Florida. So I don't have it on me, but it's got a phenomenal cover. It's actually the reason that I initially picked it up, just walking by in the bookstore. And uh, it is uh, this like near future sci-fi tale that is... Uh, it's got really cool premise. There's another reason when you, you know, you pick up a book, you just read the back in a bookstore and you're like, whoa, okay, I'm feeling this. And it is, uh, I say the author lost in time by AG Riddle. And uh, it is about like a future where this like time machine type thing has been created. And it, what they've decided to do with it because that's a lot of limitations but one thing it can do is just like send people to an alternate timeline in the past and they figured out okay good way to use this is we're gonna send like the worst of the worst criminals like people who would have gotten the death penalty in the past we're just gonna send them to like the Triassic or Jurassic period <laughs> all the way back so they can deal with dinosaurs and they can do whatever they want once they're there, but we're just gonna send them back and create this alternate timeline. And, uh, you know, uh, now we don't have to think about it anymore. So uh, 
what ends up happening is uh, the main character of this book is one of the creators of this time machine thing. And then he ends up falsely convicted for a murder and they end up using the time machine to send him back to those dinosaur ages. And, <laughs> you know, this isn't like a survivalist guy here who's got it all figured out. He's just some scientist and uh, he's got to figure out, okay, how am I going to survive this? Like literally dealing with dinosaurs and stuff like that. Uh, while his daughter who starts a book as uh, like a, a late teenager, maybe like 19 years old, uh, she is kind of trying to uncover the mystery in the present, like in 2027, uh, where she's like trying to get him uh, exonerated and uh, then also trying to work with the remaining scientists to see if they can figure out how to pull him back. So uh, it's got these awesome mystery and like thriller elements to it where she's trying to discover the murderer. Um, it's got, of course, these like, dinosaur and uh almost they call it like a, a man versus nature uh plot right charles you remember uh, mm -hmm. the book i think we read this when we were kids hatchet you remember mm -hmm. hatchet mm -hmm. it's got like total shades <laughs> of hatchet which was one of my favorite books as a kid that book where the kid gets like stranded after yeah Right. The, the book where the kid gets stranded after Where's my hatchet crash, fans just, in like, the chat. Himself. <laughs> yeah. Hatchet <laughs> fans turn up. Right. So <laughs> it's uh, yeah, he's just out there like trying to figure out how to survive. And there's literally a moment where he references hatchet. Like, so I was already like thinking, I was like, this is like hatchet. And he's like, this reminds me of that book hatchet. <laughs> so it's a very like, self-aware uh, installment as well. And uh yeah nice nice hatchet emoji there charles oh you know um, thank you <laughs> yeah of course uh, so i uh, yeah i really enjoyed that but it's also i i think primarily more than anything like the hook is very like dinosaurs and blah 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 but more than anything it's like this intimate tale between uh like a daughter and father who actually are not even together throughout it but it's also a um like a really incredible time travel story. And I think that the way that it's usually pitched and the uh, premise of it, they, they leave that out. And maybe it's cause time travel is like, I feel like so overdone at this point. I'm just kind of, whenever I hear t like time travel is the main thing being pitched, I'm like, Oh God, like, here we go again. It is. But this is done in a way that I've, I've never seen before. So it's, uh, yeah, really like great character writing, really interesting themes uh, of family and all that kind of stuff. Uh, awesome premise. It's got dinosaurs. It's got time travel. And I'll say this is one of those books that, you know, sometimes you read like these long epic fantasies and all this kind of stuff. And this one, I don't know. You, you start to almost be like, I like this is plotting. This is like mm -hmm. moving along a little uh, slow with those epic fantasies. And it's like uh, this one was one that really helped me. I was like rediscover my joy for reading, which you can mm -hmm. uh, like need every once in a while. You know, mm -hmm. you get those uh, like reading slumps. And this one, I was like, oh wow, I'm like I'm back to a place where when I'm not around, I'm not reading the book. I'm like 
oh, wow, I wish I was reading that book right now. Like, I want to get back to reading that book because it's like the chapters are super short. It's got some of these like thriller elements and just like you want to keep moving with it. So you got, uh, yeah, really awesome sci-fi book uh, mm-hmm. over here. That's, yeah, no, I, you had talked about that one um, in our 200 episode special and I took note of it. I, I think I described the premise of sending, uh, getting rid of criminals by sending them in the past in a different timeline to be reckless. So, uh, <laughs> a little bit. so that's a, it, it reminds me of that um, Simpsons episode where Homer invents the time machine and keeps going, but he went back to like the Jurassic period and just like sat on a bug. And then he came back and it's like, <laughs> uh, you know, it's raining donuts or something. And you're like, oh, oh yeah, well, I wonder. Oh, well, I mean, then someone's got to go back and sit on a bug because <laughs> raining donuts. That sounds awesome. It was a cautionary tale, though. But uh, curious to see how the you know time travel elements play out. And that sounds like it was a really um, exciting yeah. read. It, it was, too which surprised me because I, I don't see a lot of pop for this book and I'd never heard of it when I first saw it in the bookstore. Uh, this book was a Goodreads like user choice finalist. So it's got a, hmm. you know, a little, it didn't win, but it's got a little bit of that nominee pop made it to, to the, it. Made it to the top. Yeah. yeah. So Dylan, I'm going to bring up my next book now and, you know, I'm, there's a couple here that we've already talked about on the show and probably even on um, fan like SFF pod as well. So I'm going to try and save those for later. I want to make sure I give enough time to a relatively new discussion for us. Um, this one I had pitched on Friends Pitching Fantasy just a few short weeks ago, and it was not chosen. But I did say on the episode that whether you choose it or not, I'm, I'm reading it. It's, it's next on my to-read list, and I'm talking about The Spear Cuts Through Water by Simon Jimenez. Uh, this is a really interesting book for a lot of reasons, um, the first of which, like, it got on my radar initially. It was given to me as a gift, and once I was aware of it, and then on my travels online, I started to see it pop up pretty frequently. It's a relatively new release. And uh, especially amongst the sci-fi fantasy community that we have discourse with online, I've started to see it pop up more and more of people reading it. And it has, you know, people saying things like, oh, it's such a, like, unique story. The story writing is so interesting. And, um, you know, we I did my best to pitch it on Friends Pitching Fantasy, but uh, I had no idea what I was pitching at the time. And now I'm about halfway through it. And I'm, since we're talking about 2022 reads, I'll give the caveat that I haven't finished it yet, but I already think there's a lot of interesting things to say. So, oh, our show's in the chat. That's awesome. So That's me. Nice. Or Charles is really good at multitasking. <laughs> Good morning. would never give me access to our show's social media accounts. <laughs> not allowed. Yeah, not allowed. But um, I will talk about The Spear Cuts Through Water. I'm going to read the like short synopsis here uh, just to give it a little bit of a shout out. So keep your ears perked, people, because if this sounds interesting to you, I highly recommend it already. Uh, 
So the people suffer under the centuries-long rule of the Moon Throne. The royal family, the despotic emperor, and his monstrous sons, the Three Terrors, hold the countryside in their choking grip. They bleed the land and oppress the citizens with the frightful powers they inherited from the god locked under their palace. But that god cannot be contained forever. With the aid of June, a guard broken by his guilt-stricken past, and Kima, an outcast fighting for his future, the god escapes from her royal captivity and flees from her own children, the triplet terrors, who would drag her back to her unholy prison. And so it is that she embarks with her young companions on a five-day pilgrimage in search of freedom and a way to end the moon throne forever. The journey ahead will be more dangerous than any of them could have imagined. Both a sweeping adventure story and an intimate exploration of identity, legacy, and belonging. The Spear Cuts Through Water is an ambitious and profound saga that will transport and transform you. And is nothing like you've ever read before. So, huge shout out blurb here. Um... And I'd say it's pretty accurate, although the tone in which this is written is very different to the tone in which the rest of this book is written. This book, the first thing that strikes me about it is the narration, right? So just to give you guys a setup here, this book is told you have a character who is dreaming. And in his dream, he is dreaming that he is watching a play put on by spirits and this play is the story described in the jacket that I just read of June and Kima traveling with the gods and the emperor and all that. So the point of view will switch rapidly from the dreamers real life to him in the audience watching the play to actually the perspectives of the people in the play, which is the main story. And it weaves in and out of them without there's no chapters in this book there's no like chapter one there's so and so there's literally no chapters that scares me just every couple paragraphs are broken by like a its own line break of dialogue mm. here uh usually it's like an action line or a or like a line of dialogue or an action line or something and that happens every page there's one but other than that there's nothing um well, I should say that that's also the story takes place over like four or five days. So each day there's like a page break of like day one. And, and so there is, I guess you could say, like act breaks in this. But for the most part, no such thing as chapters. POV can change within um, within paragraphs and it changes fast. Wow. And you it doesn't explain who you're in the perspective of. It just goes and it will change. It'll go from second person to third person back and forth very quickly. It'll be like, Oh, you were talking to so-and-so and you watched your dad in your apartment. And that's the other thing, like the guy dreaming, it takes place, I guess, hard to say when exactly, but there's radio and cities and bars. Uh, but then in this dream world, it's your typical, fantasy like spears swords bows magic castles that kind of stuff so it is going around like crazy so when they say ambitious in the jacket description they are not kidding it is a very ambitious um, narrative structure and switch of pov and it's interesting i'll say that um 
I like the idea of these line breaks. And another thing that this book does is let's say there's a line like, oh, Kimo walked past the guards and like kept moving. Then the next sentence will be in italics and will go, oh, we didn't think anything of him at the time. And then it will go back to mm-hmm. Kima. And you start to realize, oh, the italics are the thoughts of like the object of the previous sentence who like could be a minor oh, character or a main character. But all of a sudden you get a snippet of their thoughts. So it reads almost like a stream of consciousness story throughout the whole thing. And you're just reading and reading and reading. And like you're going in and out of timelines and perspectives and thoughts and um, I will say it gets better as it goes, as you start to catch on to the story that's described in the jacket of these two guys escaping with a god to try and take over an empire. Like once it really gets into the story, it goes and you're you're, you're kind of caught up to all of Simon Jimenez's tricks at that point and, and you're along for the ride. But it is um, it is a very different, you know, they say like you have to sometimes work out different muscles in your brain this is a story where you know after you know years of reading hundreds of fantasy books this one will work out muscles you haven't worked out in a while and in the best ways i am enjoying it and the book is beautiful obviously simon jimenez is an incredibly talented author you know no one asked him to write something this challenging and he wrote it anyway (laughs) so i have a lot of questions for him i hope to you know reach out to him at some point Uh, um, but Highly recommended if you're someone that feels like you've read it all and are looking for a change of pace. If you're someone who's particularly interested in the theater and, you know, wants to kind of bridge that gap more into fantasy, I would check this out as well. It evokes things like um, Broken Earth trilogy just through the use of second person and multiple perspectives and and almost a surrealist kind of storytelling at times. Um, Definitely. Check. I think this would be a good book to read after uh, Broken Earth series. So, yeah, that's The Spirit Cuts Through Water. I haven't finished it yet. I'm about halfway through. So, you know, full review pending until I get to the end. But it was just already such a unique reading experience that I wanted to make sure we shouted it out today. And it's such a new release as well. So uh, there you go, guys. If any of that sounded interesting to you. Um, you would not uh, be remiss to check this out. And it's a beautiful book just to have on the shelf too. Like the quality of it is insanely good. It's got these beautiful illustrations on the inside. Mm. Absolutely gorgeous. So highly recommend The Spear Cuts Through Water. Mm. Way to use that video uh, format here, Charles. That's what I mean. Um, Yeah, and I think you do have some people interested here. You've got a... Mr. Roast Sorry, who is and needs to read that one. Mm. We got Jonathan, who seems intrigued by the point of view. Oh, Jonathan's an author. He's uh, a fan of, or sorry, sci-fi series starts with Goodbye to the Sun over there. So oh, mm. that's a great one to pick up as well. Um, who says that's wild to read yeah. point of view, Def Up My Alley, TBR for oh, sure. TBR Con, we did it. Well, let me know your thoughts, Jonathan. You know, if we just just if we just added one book to one TBR, then Mm. then then we've done our done our job. So um, yeah, close down, 
close down the conference convention. <laughs> All right. Close yes, it down, we Adrian. did do it. It's done. We did it. Thank you. Mission Thank accomplished. You. you know, like Thank the... you. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. I guess. But, Bye, everybody. Uh, Thank you so much. Yes. It's been great. It was fantastic. What a, what a convention it was. But <laughs> No, we have a few uh, minutes left yes, to go. That's... Just under 10 minutes I... here. Um, I guess, Dylan, we still have, we each have a decent stack between us. Maybe now that we've, you know, done our big chunk, maybe we should do like a little bit of a rapid fire and, and cover some of these. Yeah, sure. Well, let's do a couple honorable mentions that I have. Oh, wow. I just dropped one of my honorable mentions. Dishonorable mm. for me. So I'm going to pick that up. Look at this live well, video. You better format. start with that one first. You make up for it. Yes. Okay. So this one, Sea of Tranquility by Emily St. John Mandel, and better for the honorable mention one because uh, I'm going to direct you to Adrian, actually our wonderful host of this convention uh, in uh, our feature on SFF Addicts Pod. Uh, you can find that. Adrian talked about this book as one of his favorites of the year. This is by the author who brought to you Station Eleven, which is now that big HBO show. So it's it actually, I mentioned that uh, Lost in Time was a finalist for that Goodreads User Choice Awards for last year. Uh, that's because it lost to Sea of Tranquility, which is a really phenomenal book. It, it jumps from uh, like uh, way back in the uh, like mid 1900s uh, all the way up to like well in the future where we have this whole moon colony going on and all these like uh, parallel stories. Oh, yeah. Nice way to drop that link over there, uh, Adrian. So it's. It's a really phenomenal book. I think the number one thing that comes to mind for me with Emily St. John Mandel is voice. She's just like got prose and this voice that's not like any uh, anyone else that I've read. And she has this way of almost like winking at the reader with this like clever way of uh, like kind of like sometimes she'll take a little digs at some of the characters, but it's always done in a, in a subtle deft manner. So really love this one. I'm not going to go too deep into it for this little honorable mention thing. And Adrian talks about it so well, so much better than I could in <laughs> yeah, that episode. I that literally, out. you'll see me be like, oh, I talked about this recently and I wish I could just like cut out what you said and just paste it into our episode. So go check that out. But this phenomenal book. Excellent. Well said, Dylan. My rapid pick is a book that I'm happy to make rapid because we've talked about it so many times, both on the you know, SFF Addict pod and uh, on our own show. And we've had the pleasure of working with the brothers Gwyn multiple times. I don't have mm. the hunger of the gods in physical form, but I do have I do, the Charles. shadow of the gods. Oh, hold that up, buddy. So he'll get these side by side. First yeah, of all, some of the best covers here. in the game. Some of the best covers Seriously. in the game. Shadow of the Look Gods is book one. Hunger of the Gods is book two. Hunger of the Gods came out in 2022. So I'm just going to recommend the series. Um, you know, John Gwynn is a amazing storyteller, both from his own, like he's a serious reenactor. All of his like author pictures are him and like chain mail. And, and, you know, they've got all kinds of really cool, shields and swords and a, a vast knowledge base that inspires his norse inspired 
setting in this world and i'll read the description really quickly when the gods fought it was a battle so savage they destroyed themselves leaving nothing but their bones and the broken land of vigrid in their wake now as whispers of war echo over the fjords and across the plains fate follows in the footsteps of three warriors blah 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 all three will change the course of the world as it once more falls under the shadow of the gods and dylan you know when you have the word fjord in the description of the book that you are for real in terms of Norse setting. It, it is really interesting. You'll just drop a fjord willy-nilly. Like, yeah. the, the guy dropped fjord in the back of the book. So this guy's for real. I will say, you know, any fan of John Gwynn from his previous works, you know, he's he's famous for having like gut-wrenching moments and like mm. really interesting action scenes. Just the way he describes someone like tightening the strap on their helmet or forming a shield wall or something like that. Um truly great and i'll say the hunger of the gods as a second book in a trilogy does a great job in expanding you know the first book has three character povs it's very game of thrones style very different from spear cuts through water it's the chapter is titled as the pov you're about to take and then it goes and then there's several chapters so more traditional chapter structure here and uh it, it just expands and grows in hunger of the gods so if you like your your skirmishes your fjords your monsters we're talking dragons and, yeah and blood sworn and and this and that it, it's a really exciting fun action-packed norse inspired read so if you haven't checked out john gwynn's the blood sworn trilogy check it out today highly recommend and also check out the brothers gwynn they do amazing you know booktube yeah. content similar to what we do so definitely check them out and just a fun little family of fantasy content creators over there that you, anyone in the space should go check out for some wholesome fantasy fun. Mm. Yeah, I'll say on the hunger of the gods and just John Gwynn's work in general, I, I don't always have like the best movie running in my mind type way of reading. Like for me, it's kind of just more like flashes of images usually. But when I read John Gwynn's work, it is just like I can see it. Like I can see the movie. It is so cinematic and it's just like blood sprays. It's like, whoa. So <laughs> I think really the best fight and battle scenes in the game, I, I think, uh, there's a few couple others I would I would definitely mention if we had the time, but that's... That's right in there. So, yeah, I think um, uh, looking like uh, we got like just a few more minutes, we'll we'll wrap it up. Uh, but I I'll just say last uh, last little honorable mention. I won't go into detail on it. And Charles, do you have one more honorable mention too? Was there? I've got two. I'll just say the names of. But just, yeah, just say the names sure. of yours first. Right. This is the first binding. This good recommendation for fans of the King Killer Chronicle. It's it's very similar, eerily similar. Uh, so, yeah, that is uh, a oh look, Stutch, uh, you're late Evan play, in bro. the chat looking for <laughs> recommendation for fancy <laughs> in a non-European setting. Here you go, because if you like the King Killer Chronicle, uh, Evan, which I don't think you've read that, but if you do and you want something that is in a South Asian setting, because that's one of the ways it does differ from the King Killer Chronicle, the first binding by R.R. Verdi is for you, Evan. Yes, Evan. And then we, we recommended two yes. others today. We did, um, uh, what did we do? We did um, Final Strife 
that is like a Ghanaian Arabian setting. We just did yeah. uh, Bloodsworn, which is Norse. So definitely check out any Lots of those. That's a great option. Um, a couple of mine that I had really, really fast. Um, Nick Martell, The Kingdom of Liars is the first book of this trilogy that he just finished. Uh, yes. I mean, he's got a blurb from Brandon Sanderson saying um, excellent fantasy debut. So if you're a fan of Sanderson, definite and you're looking to see some of the new authors in the genre check out nick martell also stutch fellow fellow huntington alum here but he chose roses yeah. over little v's so we won't judge him too harshly for that and then of course saga volume 10 after a long hiatus they just recently uh released volume 10 and if you have not read the first volume of saga stop what you're doing and read that next 50 minutes left it'll take 50 minutes to read this at most and it's an incredible, incredible story. So check out Saga. And uh, Dylan, I think we are we are yeah. up on time. Um, we are. Thank you all. Yeah, we'll let that slide exactly, Stutch. You know, we're very particular about our pizza on Long Island. So uh, anyway, guys, thank you all <laughs> so, so much for listening to um, this very exciting episode of the Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast live. Thank you for having us on all the TBR Con Academy for having us here. We appreciate you. Um, and uh, if you guys want to hear more from us, check us out on social at the FTF Podcast on Instagram and the FTF Podcast with the number one on the end on Twitter. Right, Dylan? Right. I forgot. I almost forgot. Yeah, Jonathan's a Long Island guy too. He's no kidding. Wow. So anyway, we'll yes, thank you that. all. Yeah, we're closing out right now on time. So yeah, really wow. appreciate we're everyone who stopped time. by in the, the first chat. time ever. Thank yeah. you for Adrian for keeping us uh keeping us on track. So that is much appreciated. Thank you everybody for showing us some support today hope you enjoyed these books and uh, if you just added one you know i I think we got some books on the tbr for some people dylan i'm feeling very good at least one and uh, enjoy the rest of tbr con everybody enjoy yeah bye everybody